know the Chargers and the Chiefs are going to play a fun football game. This is the Rich Eisen Show. The third time tonight the Chargers have gone for it on fourth down and not made it. It's been a long time since Kelsey's had one of his buck 50 dominating games. Kelsey at the 10-5! Touchdown! Today's guests, NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah, NBC News political correspondent Steve Kornacki, inspiration for the film American Underdog, Kurt and Brenda Warner, plus Viking safety Harrison Smith. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Okay, everybody, welcome to this Friday edition of the Rich Eisen Show live from Los Angeles, California. My name is Rich Eisen, thus the name on the mug and the show. And the hat and the shirt. By the way, that's uh, coming very shortly. Rich Eisen Show uh, store, just in time for the holidays. We're going to tell you how to do all that good stuff uh, in short order. Uh, good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. How are you? Rich, man, what's happening? Mike Del Tufo, DJ Mikey D. Good to see you on a Friday. Yes. Hey! hey. hey. You're not wow. doing something for stuff of somebody else. That's great. Very it's good rare. to see you. Good, good, to, good see to see you, TJ Jefferson. How are you over there, it's, sir? I'm, it's great to be here. Well, you know what? I mean, we, we, we talk about sports. We talk about life. We talk about life. And then sometimes, you know, shed a tear. It's life, you know. And uh, so uh, Kurt and Brenda Warner are going to be joining us in person in studio. Their beautiful, lovely, uh, inspiring movie about their life uh, coming in theaters near you on Christmas Day. And, you know, and we we always talk about not taking stuff for granted. And um, as we're seeing uh, NBA and NFL protocol lists keep expanding. COVID protocol lists keep expanding and the people who are out because they're in protocols or they've tested positive or, you know, this Omicron is no joke. Uh, even those like myself who are double vaxxed and, and, um, and boosted and all that. We all have to, we all have to be very careful this uh, holiday season. And, um, Taylor Heineke is on the COVID-19 list for the Washington football team. Kyle Allen's already on that list. They're signing uh, uh, Garrett Gilbert. Uh, if you're a quarterback sitting at home right now, you're getting phone calls. Um, I it, just saw Kyle Loretta Kyle just got Loretta signed, right? By, uh, by uh, Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. Who? Yeah. It looks like Big Nick Mullins is going to start this Cleveland Browns game uh, on Saturday, okay. tomorrow on NFL Network against the the Raiders, um, the the Dolphins have COVID nineteen problems. The Rams, as we know, have COVID nineteen problems. Uh, uh, the NBA uh, tonight's big uh, Warriors and Celtics game that's going down. Uh, Jordan Poole and Al Horford are now on uh, protocol list. Oh, fun. <laughs> so, um, I, I I mention that not only because we we talk about life here when it comes crashing through, and it's certainly crashing through in our on our sports world. We can't take stuff for granted. Last night's Thursday night football game. The Thursday night football game to kick off week 15. Dynamite. What a game. Dynamite. We have now entered the part of the NFL season where regular season games, because they mean so much, an AFC West lead on the line. The winner of last night's game was going to emerge the leader of the AFC West with three games to play. So much on the line that when you get a game that is so filled with decision-making and drama and wild results, it feels like a playoff game. That felt like a playoff game last night. That felt like we just got a little glimpse, some juices flowing of what January is going to look like because that had a ton on the line last night, an absolute ton on the line last night. 
on Thursday night. And we saw everything, certainly from the frightening moment of Donald Parham going down in the end zone. And by all accounts, he's in stable condition and okay. We'll, we'll see if there's God, any more that information so on that scary. throughout our three-hour show. But that finished up in terms of football terms. Four trips inside the five-yard line by the Chargers with zero points as Brandon Staley, the head coach, went for it. That was what my English teacher back in grade school would call a harbinger. That was uh, mm-hmm. letting you know they were just getting started on that front. As a matter of fact, the Los Angeles Chargers wound up last night running 11 plays from inside the Kansas City Chiefs five-yard line without a single point being scored. They ran 11 plays inside the five-yard line before their 12th play inside the five-yard line was finally a touchdown, but they had to earn that by intercepting Patrick Mahomes inside his own five-yard line because they turned it over on downs twice before fumbling it on that 11th play inside the five-yard line. The Chargers had three turnovers inside the Chiefs' five-yard line last night, two of them on downs, one of them on a fumble. And yet the fumble led to them getting their 12th such attempt a couple of plays later because Mahomes appeared to be having an off night. Couldn't have been more off when he and the Chiefs went inside the Los Angeles five-yard line and couldn't score. They went for it on fourth down, and Mahomes had a wide-open receiver and nobody in his face, and he just threw it like he was throwing it with his feet. It was wild last night how many times both teams kept going for it on fourth down inside each other's five-yard lines. Like an actual game last night was played, <laughs> full actions worth of game, a full game's worth of action inside each other's five-yard lines last night. You could have removed the... <laughs> The five to the five at one point last night and been told the story of the entire game until the fourth quarter and things went on tilt. And Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey was doing all what we have expected the Chiefs to do all year long. I told you yesterday my concern for the Chiefs was Chris Jones being out. And sure enough, The Chargers came up with 190-plus rushing yards last night as a team. They almost put two bills on the ground on the Chiefs and were inside the Chiefs' five-yard line four different times and only scored once. And only scored once. And they still lost the game. And they still lost the game in which Herbert was just on point in the fourth quarter. And they still lost the game, as I mentioned, in a remarkable running performance. But Travis Kelsey showed up yep. in a way that has been way too sight for sore eyes for Kansas City Chiefs fans. And now the Kansas City Chiefs have a two-game lead in the AFC West with three games to play. And now is when everybody needs to take a moment and realize what's happening in the AFC And what's happening in the AFC is this Kansas City Chiefs team that started in a way that we have not seen them play, falling beneath 500 twice before finally getting above 500 and putting the pedal to the metal. And as the rest of the league is playing 
their Week 15 games in the AFC, there's only one 10-win team, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a Kansas City Chiefs team that has made the AFC Championship three games, three years in a row, that has made the Super Bowl the last two years, and now I think everybody is coming to focus, I think, as to why I spent the first two months of the season saying, don't count these guys out. Mahomes had 400 yards passing, three touchdowns, and 32 rushing yards of his own, including a 32-yard run. (laughs) So he had two rushes for not so much, and then one that was huge, and Mahomes was having an off night. All you got to do is take a look at what was going on in uh, everybody's Twitter feed all night long, and it was a bad night for Mahomes. Until it wasn't. Look out. Look out, folks. As the Chiefs the rest of the way have the Steelers at home and then two road games to wrap things up at the Bengals. And then interestingly enough, the last uh, game of the year is at Denver. Everybody remembers that's where Mahomes first wet his beak a little bit. Yep, the team that started one and two and then two and three and then three and four. That team has now won seven in a row. Look out. And once again, Los Angeles Chargers fans are left wondering what what the hell happened. What the hell happened? We spoke to Brandon Staley before the season, and I asked him a question I knew he couldn't have the answer to. I knew it. But he gave a good answer to it. It was like, how are you going to fix all the crazy stuff that seems to happen to Chargers for, for, for Chargers fans and fix the stuff that happens to the Chargers at the end of games. How are you going to fix that? And he said, you're going to have to have a plan just coming in. You're going to have to have a plan coming in and then uh, have a plan for when adversity hits and then you're going to have to have a plan for, um, for the end of a game. And in terms of the end of the game, you know, even though the Chiefs scored late to tie it, the, uh, the Chargers still had some time left on the clock. The Chargers, when they fell down 20, uh, uh, when, they, when, they, when the game was tied, uh, they, they got the ball back uh, on the other end of the two-minute warning with some time left and some timeouts yep. and wound up punting for the first time in the game. And which led to just another bizarre moment, which is Kansas City taking a knee instead of letting Mahomes wing it down the field for a Hail Mary walk-off. Uh, that was weird. Just another one of the many weird moments of last night. But the Chargers had a game where they could have won it at home, not only to set up a game-winning field goal, but all the field goals they turned down to go it on fourth down. And interestingly enough, that was Brandon Staley's plan going into the game, not settling for field goals, going for it on touch for touchdowns against the Kansas City Chiefs team that normally you have to score touchdowns instead of selling for field goals and the alternate irony the oh henry like twist is that the field goals actually would have helped them beat this kansas city chiefs team this is what brandon staley had to say after the game last night it's life in the nfl when in decision making like that and i think that from where my mindset is is that i know that the quickest way to win a game like that is to score touchdowns not field goals especially considering who's on the other side and to me 
when you feel like you're in an advantage situation, when you don't feel like it's a gamble, when you feel like this is an advantage for you, then that's going to be our mindset. Okay, and I don't think that any decision that we made tonight, I made tonight, was a gamble. We felt like it was an advantage situation for us, and that's why we did it. If we didn't feel like that was the case, then we would have kicked a field goal or we would have punted. And um, that's the way we're going to do things around here. And, uh, you know, I know that our team uh, embraces that mindset, and uh, we're going to continue to do it every game we play moving forward. You know, so you take a look at it. They get a big um, kickoff to start the game, return, and then didn't score. And as Staley pointed out, too, like he threw one to Parham, and it was a perfect play call, and something rare and awful happened. I can't blame him, I guess, starting the game that big kickoff and like, okay, three and out after that. Let's just kick the field goal. Let's take some points to start. Yeah, that, and hand seemed, it off to that would have been just deflating. Right. And then the next yeah. one right before the end of the half, you know, do you take the three and go in and then you're going up four knowing the Chiefs get the ball to start the second half? Right. Or do you just jam it down their throat and you're going to take a, a 21-13 lead in the locker room and tell Andy Reid, choke on that. At halftime, as you're coming up with your adjustments. That's another one of those. But then after the Chiefs, pardon me, it would, it would have been a, a uh, uh, it was 14-10 right before halftime. Yeah, it would have been so you, could take, you could take it a touchdown yeah. lead. That, that one I'm thinking about, like, maybe do you do that? Or do you yeah. just tell them, we're up two scores, choke on that, Andy. You know? And then the other one is the, the, the Chiefs kick a field goal to start the, the second half. And and the Chargers go down the field again, and that's the one I would have taken the three on. I would have taken the three to go, okay, you started with a field goal. I'm getting the field goal back. Let's go. Yeah. You know, defensively, we 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 feel we feel confident, although Derwin James was out too. You gotta make the concept like they're gonna score points as Staley said after the game, their secondary was hollowed out. Like I I'm not going to come on and just 2020 hindsight and kick, kick the coach here. No, you can, there, there's an like, absolute I'm case in for the every, moment, yeah, for but every there move, also does but. have to be a moment where it's just like, okay, I know the success of this fourth down operation is going to lead us to a real spot of bravado here. But the three gives us points on the board that we may need down the road. You got to take the long view instead of living in the moment of like, yeah, momentum boost. Right. That third one is the one I would have, I would have counseled him. Kick it, man. Just kick it. Go up four. Play the rest of the game. Let's go. Get the points back. You just gave up. That's it. You're dormy. Second half right now. You're 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 even, Steven. Because, man, those three would have really been helpful down the end of the game. Yeah. Because instead of trying to get that first. Minutes. Right. Instead of trying to yeah. get in field goal position, you're just trying to run out clock. Run out clock. Yeah. I think that would have. And the run game was gashing them the whole was. night with Chris Jones out late. Good God, it was. You know? And you could see, like, on the Kelsey plays at the oh, end, not having man. Derwin James there in the middle was just devastating. So, you know, in retrospect, I think what last night cost the Chargers was an ability to p- print a playoff ticket. For the home fans and their yeah. air raid sirens and the screaming and yelling, you know, dudes, oh, Chargers fans, get on your feet. I mean, good Lord, Chargers, do you have to? 
mean, you could hear it through the television set. I've been a couple of these games, too. <laughs> Get on your feet, scream, yell, all that oh, business. There was a lot of red. So I, I know so there was. but night. So I think the Chargers cost themselves a home playoff game. Feels like it. Last night. But they're 8-6. and six. They have I mean, some standout players. Yeah, I think they are. Team, they're but... against the Houston Texans after this mini-buy. That's nine and six. They're going to play a playoff game, and Justin Herbert's coming to your town, and that's going to be a problem for somebody to deal with. Can they beat him? Of course they can. But if you take a look at the, um, at the AFC standings right now, and Daniel Jeremiah, who calls the games for the Chargers locally on the radio here, is about to join us. The Ravens right now, third straight practice without Lamar Jackson. It's possible they fall to eight and six because the Packers are coming to town. And, you know, it's entirely possible the Chargers could go visit the Browns or the Bengals, who they've already beaten, right? Or the Ravens, uh, I, who, who curb stomped the Chargers earlier this year. But there were a different team then. I'm not counting the Chargers out from winning a playoff game, but last night really hurt them in terms of getting someone into their house and going on a run. They would have been 9-5 and five, sitting there, They'd, they'd be nine and five sitting in the in the fourth seed, you know, right now, or the third seed right now. They'd be nine and five sitting in the third seed, and instead they're just looking at the the, the number three. All those times over that they turned down, and then the one three that they wanted to get and had a chance to get, they punted. Their only time of the game, they punted, and then Mahomes. They won the toss. Tails never fails, I guess. And then Kelsey, how good is he after the catch, man? He and Hill are yak kings. (laughs) And then Mahomes extends a play. And when he extends a play and doesn't make the mistake, it's it's, it's the only team that you'd say like that are are the Packers because of what Rodgers can do. That's it. Extending the play and just running around and, and you're in trouble. Certainly if you're injured on the back end. That's my take on Thursday Night Football. We have a lot to get to. Steve Kornacki, we'll ask him how the Chargers lost affected their percentage chance of making the playoffs. Love it. Because he's going to be on Sunday Night Football doing all this stuff. We're going to give you a preview. We're going to give you a preview. And then uh, ask him about, uh, uh, speaking of, I guess I should say this and, you know, I guess we should ask him how the weather in Cuyahoga County is or (laughs) stuff like that, right? (laughs) I don't know. Placer County. I don't know. I'm just saying all these things. He, we're we're, we're going to get weather report from you. I'm ready to uh, roll. Uh, the Warners are going to be here in person. Curtin Brenda Warner, beautiful movie, American uh, underdog in theaters near you. That's hour two. Steve Kornacki and the Warners. Daniel Jeremiah is coming up. Harrison Smith of the Vikings. The Vikings have a huge Monday night week 15 finale against the Bears. And there's you at 844-204-RICH. would love to chat with you. TJ's big-ass grab bag. Also, what's more likely? Also, Brockman's. Sneaky good games. Boy, do we have a lot of production value today. Let's take a break. Daniel Jeremiah will join us next right here on the Rich Eisen Show. We'll also ask him which side he'd rather be on between TJ and Brockman's bet on Kenny Pickett being top five. (laughs) Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. 
improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests Work is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here at 844-204-RICH. For those who want to call up and have a chit-chat with us, we've got some time for you, even though we've got tons of guests. Steve Kornacki is going to be joining us, the uh, political director of MSNBC, and uh, he'll be on uh, Football Night in America, breaking down all of the uh, playoff possibilities and percentages and things like that. The Warners will be here in person. Harrison Smith of the Vikings. And joining us here right now on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line is our friend uh, from the NFL Network, NFL Media Group. Move the sticks on Twitter, and he does the uh, Chargers games locally here on the radio in Los Angeles. None other than Daniel Jeremiah. How you doing, DJ? I'm doing great, Rich. I uh, I always say it. Me and Money always say it when we leave the uh, when we leave the booth. Um, we we get the good fortune of calling games for the most interesting team in the league because <laughs> there is drama every each and every time they take the field. It doesn't matter who they're playing. Um, it's going to come down to the very end. So I guess if they're the most interesting team in the world, their their slogan is "Stay going for it, my friend." That right? Is that, is, 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 yeah, it was. Uh, is that what it is? By the way, has anybody talked? I didn't know if anybody's talked about that at all. Um, has that been in any conversation? <laughs> well, I mean, it is. It is. It is. Other than clock management and and challenging a replay. Um, you know, whether to go for it instead of kicking a field goal and then looking at the final score is the easiest second guest of, an, of a football coach, I think. Easiest second yeah. guest that's out there. Yeah, I think there is a clear divide, right? There is that old school who I think have just, they've been accustomed to watching football a certain way for, you know, 50 years. And they just, I, I think they just kind of struggle to wrap their minds around it. Um, so I, last night, and I said it during during the broadcast, I had, absolutely no problem uh with what staley did in that game and how aggressive he was and um you know calling this these games each and every week i've seen this team i think there's there's the analytics uh, side of it right which is you know you're aggressive you're going to need points uh against the chiefs offense you know is is going to explode at some point in time when you're missing as many guys the Chargers were in the secondary you're not going to keep a lid on that for the entire game so you're trying to build up a little bit of a buffer so there's that side of it if you don't get it, you give them a long field. There's that side of it. But to me, watching them every week, Rich, like 
there's there's teams that, that require a certain kind of mindset to play their best football. And when they played the Minnesota Vikings in that game, they went the conservative approach and they punted at the you know at like the 45 or the 50 on a fourth down, and they just they didn't really play aggressive. And all the talk was, yeah, they're not pushing the ball down the field. What happened to the Chargers? And and they got outside of themselves. And I think you never want to lose a football game, but you feel a lot better walking out of the stadium losing, knowing you kind of did it the way you play and, and your brand of football and your style. And I think the, the players embrace that as well. No, I know. That's nine points, though. But knowing the Chargers, though, you can't guarantee that all nine would have been put on the board, right? I mean, it's just – but 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 the, the, I, I'll just walk you through it the way I started the show. First, yeah. first one I have no problem with. I mean, you're coming out of the gate, you get that huge return. You, you know, you're not going to set the tone by putting a three on the board against Kansas City that just almost put a 50 on the board, right? So I, I don't. I, yeah. I, the one right before the half, um, I, I think you know. I, I understand you want to go up two scores certainly when Kansas City gets the ball on the other side of the break, but going up one full touchdown means they can only tie the game on you to start, and you get the ball, and it's a tie game, but you get the ball first, kind of like the way the game started, you know, and then the third one uh, I would have gone up for. Uh, I'm very honest. And, and, and I totally know that the, the, the touchdown, the touchdown drive that they went 97 yards and came up with nothing because they fumbled it inside the five. They did successfully go for it on fourth down to set up that drive inside the five. Uh, though I, I would have taken the points there. There's just no two ways about it. I would have gone and gotten those three there. The first one I don't have a problem with. Um, so I'll put that on the floor to you, Daniel. Yeah, the yeah. only the only one that I will that I will um, that I'd be okay with taking the criticism on would be the one right before the half, because there's no benefit of backing them up. You know, it's like the, the half's over. So if you don't get it, it's not like they're gonna they're they're gonna get the ball inside the five. You figure you get a stop and get the ball right back, which I think factors into a lot of these decisions. Is right. forcing the Kansas City Chiefs offense to have to go the long way. Um, so that one I can understand. And saying that. Keenan Allen is wide open, and if he gets that ball up and over the top of Sorensen, Keenan Allen could have caught it like a punt. So they had good play calls on these fourth downs. They had guys open, um, and you had some drops, and you had uh, you know Sorensen made a nice play there, but Keenan was wide open behind him. So, then Rich, I just kind of I, I I think it's easy to look at these in a vacuum, but when again you're watching this team all year long fourth and nine in the first meeting against Kansas City, fourth and nine at the 35-yard line, which is a, you know, you would think is a good time to attempt a field goal to try and take the lead in a tie ball game late in the fourth quarter. They went for it because they knew they didn't want Patrick Mahomes with the ball in his hands, right. you know, chasing three points. It's too easy for him. So they went for it. They got it. They won that game. They go three of three on fourth downs against Cleveland and win a shootout. They play against Cincinnati just two weeks ago on their opening drive. Same exact thing as we had last night. They have a fourth and goal at the four. They go for it. He throws a touchdown to Keenan Allen, and they jump on Cincinnati early in that game. So, I mean, look, you can look back on them and say, uh, you know, save points. I just I don't know how you play against Kansas City Chiefs, even knowing that this offense isn't quite what it's been. And and you, I have that image in my mind of the San Francisco 49ers bludgeoning and beating the tar out of that team for three quarters and then all of a sudden, the Chiefs kick it in gear, and those points come, and they come fast, and they come in bunches. And I think without Derwin James, Asante Samuel, Loey Gilman, yeah. I think he knew. I think Staley knew that was a ticking time bomb before that was getting ready to go off. Daniel Jeremiah here on the Rich Eisen show. So, did you see a Super Bowl team in the Chiefs last night? So, what you saw? 
I thought I thought that that was what the offense has looked like when it's been right. And, you know, outside of the Raider games, they haven't looked like that for the majority of the year. Right. But when Mahomes, the magic is when Mahomes is extending plays, Rich. I mean, every big play was him escaping the pocket, mm-hmm. getting away from pressure. And I don't, I mean, the Chargers had some backups back there, but no excuse. Nobody in the league is covering Tyree Kill for five seconds. Nobody in the league is going to be able to cover Kelsey when he's got that much time to work. Like, that's when... That's where the magic happens. And I, I would say, you know, I've talked about the Chargers missing guys. Obviously, the Chiefs are without, you know, Chris Jones, the second-best interior defensive lineman in football, uh, and they're without their number one corner, and Willie Gay is a starting linebacker. So both teams are missing guys. I, I would just say in that game, you had the stars at the end of the game with those big three on offense. And then, I, I to me, the it was one of the best linebacker games from anybody this year that Nick Bolton played, the rookie, he was all over the field. Some of those were big fourth down stops. He was he was incredible, man. He he kept them in the game. Without Nick Bolton in that game, I think that that game could get away from the Chiefs. But man, he was he was phenomenal in a year where we've got you know the Micah Parsons and you know the the Jamar Chases and the Rashawn Slaters. Like, this dude is playing lights out for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, if I told you right around, what, mid, mid-October, mid right, when the Chiefs were 3-4 and four and the Patriots were 2-4, and four, right, or, or whatever they were, 3-4, um, and four. let's say both went 3-4, and four. it could have been at the same time, that these are the two teams that are going to be sitting atop the AFC and one will be the one standing in the way of the other of going to the Super Bowl. What if I told you that then? Because that seems to be the case right now here after the kickoff to week 15, Daniel. Yeah, I mean, I think I would have believed you on the Chiefs because I would say, you know, look, Mahomes, they're going to kind of figure things out. And Spagnuolo just has this long track record of the defense getting better as the year goes along. So I think I would have I would have bought it. The one I wouldn't have bought is, is that with Mac Jones and, uh, you know, kind of a new cast of characters there in New England after what we saw last year, that they would be sitting in the top perch. I, I don't know that I would have bought that one. Well, that I, you know, I, I was at that Halloween game that you were calling in SoFi, and the Patriots, the way that Mac was running the offense and looked so comfortable, and then the team yep. playing so terrific defensively against Herbert, and then the offense uh, taking time off towards the end of a game, sliding out of bounds with seven minutes. I mean, sliding to stay inbounds with like seven <laughs> minutes to go. Situationally brilliant. I thought to myself, this looks like the Belichick Patriots, man. That's what this looks like. Yeah, it, and I'm like, I came on the show the, on November 1st, and I'm like, that's a playoff team I saw in SoFi. And, you know, they haven't lost since then, Daniel. No, They're and, incredible. And they they dominate on special teams. Um, it's not just the, you know, the kicking and the punting. It's their, the way they cover kicks. It's Matthew Slater and, and three or four other you know, outstanding special teams players that they, um, they commit to, even though they might not have a role on either side of the ball. So they're, they're as good as it gets with their um, defensively. You know they're going to be sound, and I think you've seen the additions that they've made in free agency have been outstanding. Um, and then the offense is just, like you said, they're not. They, they don't mind drives that end in a kick. That's their formula. You know, everybody has a little different formula. That's their formula. You know, field goals and punts. The way their defense and special teams play, um, that those are wins. And Mac Jones has been uh, has been very consistent at, at being able to protect the football and and make great choices. So that's that's Patriots football. I mean, my only thing will be once we get into the postseason. I think that gets you. I think that brand of football gets you to the postseason. I mm. think historically, once you get in the postseason, Rich your quarterback's going to have to make what Tom had to make, which are those four or five, you know, big time throws to get you through the tournament. And that's, that's still TBD. Mac's been awesome. 
but that's still TBD if he's going to be able to, to, to make those throws that Tom has made for you know 20 years. Daniel Jeremiah here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, the rest of the season, the Cardinals uh, are, are going to be without DeAndre Hopkins, and they hope to get him back for the playoffs that they should make with a win against the Detroit Lions this weekend. You got the Bucks and the Packers um, playing lights-out football. The Rams just came up with their best performance in a couple of months, you might have to say, or at least over a month. How do you suss out the uh, NFC that you've got the 49ers playing similar to their Super Bowl season of a couple of years ago uh, and the Cowboys having their quarterback in a slump, apparently? What do you got for me on the NFC front, DJ? Well, first first of all, Rich, it is a uh, it is so nice to be able to make any type of a prediction right now because of the number of injuries and guys that we've seen with all with the COVID pop up, like you're covered. So no matter what you say, you're going to be covered because there's going to be so many key players right. that are out in these games. Like, I don't know how you really predict anything successfully. So I just know that you, you, that you hit it with the Rams and the Niners kind of starting to play their best ball at the right time. I'm a little bit worried about the Cardinals. Um, they've had a fantastic year, but that is a huge piece of their offense. Um, and these kind of got to have it games coming forward without DeAndre Hopkins. So that would concern me a little bit. I think the class of the NFC is, is the two that you mentioned with Green Bay um, and with Tampa. And to me, you know, when I look at that potential matchup, which it looks like we're headed towards eventually, I think that the, the Tampa offensive line, I think, can take over a football game. That would be the difference to me. That's why I'd still mm. put them up there. Obviously, Tom and Aaron, I guess you could say, maybe cancel each other out because they're so fantastic. Um, but I do think that Tampa and their offensive line and maybe being able to control the ball a little bit with their run game could be the difference there. A few minutes left here with Daniel Jeremiah on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, when you're talking to members and friends in your talent evaluation community, scouting community, front office community, and the name Urban Meyer comes up, what's, uh, what is the discussion like? Daniel? Um, well, I mean, I think you hear some of the same terms that you probably hear if you went to the grocery store, you know, dumpster fire, train wreck, nightmare, hmm. um, all, all of the above. I mean, it was a catastrophic failure there. And, you know, I think that in talking to my buddies, and I felt the same way, that the second he didn't board that plane, that that was, that was over. And it was just a matter of how bad it was going to get from that point on. Now, the one thing I would dispute, you know, I saw some some people with the take that he didn't, you know, he jumped the line and he did not deserve that job and he should have never got that job. That's ridiculous. This guy's one of the winningest coaches in college football history. Like, there's nowhere else for him to go. That, that was you kind of graduate to the NFL at that point in time if you wanted opportunity. I, I think he he paid his dues and he earned that shot. Now he completely completely blew it as bad as you can blow it but i don't buy the fact that he wasn't qualified to be the head coach of the jacksonville jaguars i just think the guy came in there with a tremendous amount of arrogance um came in there to show the nfl what he knew instead of going to the nfl to learn from those inside the nfl and i think that's what got him yeah i think you nailed every last one of them and my guys here on the set they they still shake their heads when they hear the whole concept about getting on the plane that it was that it was done because they texted me the video that weekend of what Urban was doing in a bar and my first thought was wait a minute is that now because that means he didn't get on the plane with the team 
Our minds were on something else. Yeah, you were on something <laughs> <laughs> else. Yes. And, and, and that's what, like, there, there was no putting it back together. There was no putting it back together after a month. There wasn't. There couldn't have been, right? Right? No, no. There, that, that, was, that was the beginning of the end there. And, um, you know, there were the questions coming in there. Now, I'll be honest with you, Rich. I thought that had a chance to work. Just because right. the guy... The guy won everywhere he's ever been, and this is you know Bowling Green in Utah. It wasn't just Florida and Ohio State. Um, I thought it had really had a chance to work. I when they put the staff together, I did not love the fit there. It seemed kind of awkward, and then it was like every everything you heard was like, oh no, this is not good. I mean, it, throughout the whole process, do you remember early on when they said, hey, are you going to try and put in some of the Clemson stuff to make Trevor Lawrence comfortable? No, we're going to teach Trevor Lawrence how to play NFL quarterback. I'm like, oh, okay. So don't do everything you can to make your young quarterback comfortable. That's 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 a great strategy. Um, it was just kind of like all the way, all the way through the process. It was just one mishap after another, and um, and then I think some personal failings factored in there as well. And you lose the respect. You lose respect to your guys. I mean, you could see it when you watch the games when the players come off the field after a big play. You go to give them a hug, and it was like. Um, yeah, they didn't want any part of it. You know, you could see it. It was it was very evident. Well, maybe it could have been better if uh, when he asked his coaches to defend their resumes, somebody could have said, well, I'm a three-time CIF champion football <laughs> quarterback, a Harbor League champion in basketball, and the 1999 Southern Conference champion, which is what you handed to me on a – on a card hey, on game day morning I on Sunday. I didn't, I didn't want, you know, I didn't want the producers coming to Rich and being like, "Hey, Rich, you know, DJ, the segment we're doing every week, do we stay with it?" And he goes, yeah. oh, "I need your resume. I need to know if he's a winner. Uh, do we keep him on these segments on, on game day morning? I don't know. He's got to prove himself here." Because I'm looking at it from the outside, I know I'm a winner. I you need are. to make sure this kid's not a loser. That is a very impressive resume, Daniel. Very impressive. Oh, Worthy oh, of by you. By the way, Rich, yes. I was going to tell you real quick yeah. to, to change the subject. Okay. Uh, I, I just need to confess something because I felt so – me and Money felt so guilty last night. Okay. Um, we, we leave the game at SoFi, as you know, right next to NFL Network. Mm-hmm. We go back to the uh, green room to kind of let the traffic die down. Oh, well, makes sense. they feed I – don't, I don't know if you're aware of this, but they feed the Thursday night crew. I mean, like kings in there. <laughs> so we come back there. Nobody's, everybody's left the building. There are a zillion pizza boxes Whoa, and cookies, God. and we're like raccoons in there. <laughs> up all the food that they have left out there on the table. And it was like, the, and then and then Kathy in the makeup room, she somehow was still there. She comes in there and sees this whole thing, and she's just, what are, A, why are you guys here? And what are you doing? With Kathy, you didn't see anything. You well, here. well, here's the deal. Uh, you're welcome, because that feast is built on the backs of all the cheese cubes <laughs> and um, gr- gr- crackers and, and uh, I guess, uh, uh, concession stand uh, nuggets that we, we ate for all those years on the road on Thursday night. So you're welcome, Daniel. That's built on the back of, yeah. of all those uh, culinary treats that we were fed uh, in, in, yeah. in the trailer. Well, I, I appreciate it. You know, you're, you're welcome. You, your, your heart condition for my satisfaction is a good trade. <laughs> mm. Before I let you go, sir, uh, DJ, uh, TJ Jefferson and Chris Brockman have a little wager going on right here. Yes, indeed. Uh, and I'd ask you right now, uh, as we are talking here, uh, uh, mid-December of 2021, who would you rather be on with in this bet? And the wager is Kenny Pickett, top five pick. Chris Brockman says yes. T.J. Jefferson says no. Who would you be with right now if you could, 
Daniel Jeremiah. Well, well you uh, saying uh, me saying no means I don't think Kenny's good. No, That's not top the, five. I'm just pick. saying, DJ, that Dan, uh, I, I get the field is what, uh, what we're saying, me, DJ. Mr. Pitt Panther, yeah. that doesn't need to be any softened. This is the it, bet. Well, top five, yes. He says Brockman, yes. There's you a reason say for no. it, though. Daniel? All right. I like I like Kenny Pickett. Okay, I do. Uh oh. But I I don't think the Detroit Lions are going to take him over those two defensive linemen. I don't see the Houston Texans taking him over those guys. Jacksonville has the third pick, and they've got Trevor Lawrence. The Jets are not going to give up on Zach Wilson after a year. That means it would come down to as we stand right now, the New York Football Giants yeah. taking <laughs> Kenny Pickett with the fifth pick. That is that. It's it's early for me, but it's conceivable. So I think this bet is going to ride all the way through the draft process. If I was going to gamble right now, I'll say it'll be a new GM who gives Danny Dimes one more crack at it. He Ooh. doesn't go in the top five, but it's gonna. That's a great bet. Or the Jaguars trade out. All but what yeah, you're saying. I'm looking what for a you're move, saying, DJ. What you're saying. What you're saying is the first hour while we're on the set in Vegas next April is going to be a sweat for these two guys when they're watching it at home, is what you're saying. It's oh, going to be a sweat. A- absolutely. At, at hey, home. At home. We're I'll gonna... be by the pool. Yeah, right? okay, my bad. Like, I'll, be sitting, I'll be sitting behind you taking notes. Yeah, I'll be at the Bellagio. My bad, guys. I had no <laughs> idea. What are we doing? The drafties? I had no idea it was plus three. I had no idea. Plus, I want, yeah. I want the Steelers to draft Pickett, so that's what I'm hoping oh, okay. for. Okay. No, that's very good. We're not saying he's... He's bad. Yeah. You know, I mean, I Tom Brady was 199th. I mean, that's come a good on. Point. All right. That's a good point. Daniel, thanks for the time. It's a good bet. Okay, that's there you go. Bet, there you go. All right, DJ, you be well. Thanks for the time. We'll chat soon. Thanks, Rich. There you go. That's Thank the champion. You, that's the champion. That's the winner, Daniel Jeremiah. Move the sticks. We'll take a break. Um, just a, a couple of thoughts here. Uh, more on Urban Meyer. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio show. Everybody else. Mercedes-Benz Vans wants to know, when was the last time you thought about your dream? It's probably been way too long. 
maybe you need to get back in touch with the dream of living the van life, living your best life whenever you can by hopping in a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. Totally customized. You can live your life the way you want it. Whether you want to go traveling around the country to see all the national park sites or go into the mountains or go fishing or go wherever you want. Go visit family. Go hang out. Or you want to start a new business. Perfect. The Mercedes-Benz van that we're talking about includes innovative safety features like crosswind assist and blind spot assist. You can expect amazing performance and reliability with an MBUX voice command system, a five-star dealer network, and an available gas engine. It runs like a dream. So what do you say? Head to the Mercedes-Benz van, Mercedes-Benz van dealership and get that Sprinter and tell them your dream sent you. Okay. I, I shoot everybody straight here on this show. Shoot you straight. Always do my best to just shoot you straight. And I'll, I'll tell you the truth. And I'll, I also will put my own personal opinions on things. And then there are times when shooting you straight and my personal opinion comes across as sounding like trolling. Or, but I'm just, just spitting truth. And I know for a lot of folks, Urban Meyer's firing is still very fresh. It's still very fresh. But I'm just going to go all in right now because... <laughs> I'm going to, you know, and, and, and every opinion that I've said to date is the way I feel and the way I felt. And it has nothing to do with what I'm about to say. I promise you we can parse these things out. Okay. But, you know, I've been living my best football life since the last Saturday of November. Sure you're right. And to have that happen of Michigan beating Ohio State and then going on to win the Big Ten championship and sending Michigan State to whatever the bowl that they're in against Kenny Pickett's backup. Right? <laughs> it's a peach. It's a peach of a bowl for the team that beat us, the only team to beat Michigan. And, yeah, I say us because I feel like I suit up. My God, I'm worn out by the end of these games. But, you know, to have the Michigan State loss just serve as a character-building speed bump because of how Michigan has handled its business since. And Ohio State be turned into a basketball school. Big win against Duke after, <laughs> after losing to Michigan. Just huge. And then, you know, they hire a new defensive coordinator, which apparently they were going to do anyway. They lose one of their top prospects out of the quarterback room because C.J. Stroud has done well enough to make the Heisman podium, even though he finished in the votes behind Aiden Hutchinson, who also made the Heisman podium at a ceremony where Jim Harbaugh sat behind third base. Great seats right behind Ryan Day. <laughs> Notre Dame has their coach leave to go to LSU to bring his family down south to really. show you that Notre Dame's job, eh, for some, it works, and others, maybe not so much. I've kind of hit all the bullet points about what a great football life we in the Michigan Wolverine football community are living. And sure, it can end on New Year's Eve. Very stout opponent against Georgia. I'm writing checks still mm-hmm. with Matthew Stafford, mind you, being the one to offer a friendly wager. I might have to wear a Georgia hat on the Sunday game day morning of January 2nd because his Bulldogs have beaten my Wolverines. Or he may... And the following Wednesday, I have to wear a Michigan hat prior to his season-ending game against the 49ers. Might have to do it. I'm putting it out there still, so I might as well just say this. <laughs> For the guy who beat Jim Harbaugh all the time and goes 7-0 and 
against Michigan and do what he did against Michigan and just dominate against Michigan for that guy to now have on his record the worst flameout the NFL has seen since Bobby Petrino or potentially the worst flameout ever trying to coach in the NFL. Where Harbaugh, by the way, went 44-19, and he might have had a tie and did actually take a team to the Super Bowl. Okay. For him to come to the next level and flame out so spectacularly, because it was a spectacle, for him to do that to the point where college coaches being hired in the NFL will be saying, well, the floor is Urban Meyer, right? Can't get any worse than Urban Meyer, right? For that to happen, to basically say, is this coach going to pull an Urban? Is amazing! (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely chef's kiss! Amazing! Yeah, but it happened in here, it happened in there. Okay, yeah, but we're just talking about when you put it all on the line somewhere else, what did he do in the league where Tom Brady is the greatest ever? Oh, my God. I don't know what I did to keep putting the karma in the karma bank the way I did all those years when Urban went 7-0. and Oh, but this just feels amazing. It feels amazing. Living my best life, baby. Now then, let's take a break. (laughs) We're back on The Rich Eisen Show. 